Welcome to Intersect Where Church Meets Culture. My name is Josh Desch. I'm the lead pastor at Northeast Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina. And I am joined as always by my beautiful dog-owning wife, Betsy. (laughs) Hey, everybody. (laughs) In part one of this two-part episode series, we mentioned that we had recently gotten a cat, but we shouldn't forget our dog, should we? We do have a dog. He's He's almost four. Yep. And he's very sweet. He's very sweet. He's He's kind of a depressive nature. Well, he's, yes. He's got Eeyore tendencies. But Mm -hmm. so far, he's getting along well with the cat. Yes. It's very fun to watch the two of them. They have a lot of, uh, you know, rumbles. It's fun rumbles. We trust. (laughs) Well, welcome back, everybody. This is part two of an episode. Drum roll. Betsy, give us the title. Getting Healthy for the Glory of God. Getting Healthy for the Glory of God, part two. In part one, we talked about, we really gave an introduction and to the whole topic, including, Betsy, the two ditches that people tend to f- uh, fall into when it comes to glorifying God with their bodies. Go ahead and remind our audience what those two ditches are. Yeah, um, we ta- in part one, and I would recommend going back to listen to that first if you haven't yet, yes. but in part one, we talked about how it's so easy to fall off onto the side of, obs- of obsession, obsessing over our bodies, what they look like, what they feel like, um, or neglect, kind of not caring at all what happens. Yes. So on this episode, uh, when when you join into the conversation, we are going to be talking about that third way, the mm-hmm. way, the path that God wants us on, and the way that we can glorify God with our bodies so that we can bring Him all the glory as mm-hmm. we desire to do. I just want to remind everybody here at the very front end of this episode, if you wouldn't mind rating reviewing or subscribing to our podcast. That always helps to get the message out more. Mm -hmm. But uh, without further ado, here is part two of our episode. Getting healthy for the glory of God. But so the question is, if we don't want to obsess about our bodies, if we also don't want to neglect our bodies, how do we walk in that third way of being healthy, enjoying food as God's good gift? Because something interesting to think about, you know, God desi- God made food, and he made it for us to enjoy. Why did he give us all those taste buds? He didn't have to do that. No. Um, you know, he didn't have to create the, the variety that we see, uh, all these different delightful things that we can enjoy. Clearly, God intended us to enjoy food. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that's undisputable. Yes. Yeah, you cannot say God doesn't want us to enjoy food. Because we could have just been these people that who, That person's like, never tasted a, ice cream. Yeah, that's right. We could have just been these people who, like, picked up a rock and, and swallowed it, and that could have fueled your body somehow, you know? I think you could even take it a step further to say, as, image, as the only image-bearing creatures, God has created us to enjoy food in a way that most of his other yes. creatures don't get to enjoy. So true. Yeah, right? Like, it, I'm not saying they have no taste, but... But is the squirrel really savoring the acorn? No. That's your question. No. Is he savoring it? He, he, he's got to sw- get that thing down I mean, before... I think they eat pretty fast. Yeah. I They're kind of like chewing and see swallowing a, oh, and running off. Yep, yep. <laughs> so anyway, all that to say, clearly God has a design for the way that we 
enjoy food for the way that we live our bodies. Uh, we live in our bodies, I mean. And so this doesn't mean that you have to look a certain way. That That is really what it doesn't mean because, again, oh, God, God designed bodies in lots of different ways. Some people are broader. Some people are skinnier. That, some people have bigger hips. That is absolutely the cultural narrative of my body is a problem to be solved. That, That's right. That has to be rejected. That's right. Yes. And our idea of what a healthy body is always means like skinny and fit and toned. You know what I mean, and the, that yeah, doesn't the, necessarily the Ameri- follow. Yeah. Now that now surely certainly that's to a degree the American narrative. Right. It, it could be different in other parts of the world. Absolutely. But yeah. But that's, yes, the American narrative. Yep. Yes. Yes. Totally agree. So, Josh, how do we live in that third way well, of being healthy, of not being obsessive, yep. also not being not being neglectful? You, how do we do it, Betsy? You just put the ball in the tee for me, okay? <laughs> so I just got out my bat, and I'm going to take a big swing here. Go for it. Because I love. We had some great discussion, folks, preparing for this podcast. We've really been uh, each doing our own reading, listening, talking, discussing about this. So uh, let's let's uh, take a biblical lens on this topic, and um, let's think about it in terms of this paradigm. Um, the Bible talks about two ways that we approach food which are biblical, hmm. okay? Those are feasting and fasting. Hmm. Both yes. of those yes. are biblical ways to approach food and how we eat. Let's think about fasting. In Matthew 22, 2, um, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a wedding feast. Mm. Jesus says that uh, being in his eternal kingdom, being in his family, finding eternal life is like a wedding feast. Jesus is choosing, of all the things he could have he chosen to talk about, He's connecting it to a feast, which mm. is obviously centered around food. Absolutely. Um, in Revelation 19, 19, uh, the great consummation of the church and Jesus coming together is described as the marriage supper of mm. the Lamb. Mm. That's a feast. Mm. So you can see kind of why God made us to enjoy food. Absolutely. Because he's about feasting. God's all about feasting. And not only that, but our present feasting is picturing a greater feasting mm. uh, which is awaiting us, which I believe is both a literal and metaphorical thing. I think we literally will feast in heaven, but also I think our feasting is picturing a greater delight in God. Mm. So I, I think it's true for both of those things. So feasting, a big emphasis in the scriptures Okay, obviously you have the Old Testament feasts. Yep. All right, it's all over the Bible. Yep. Feasting is, if if you're a Christian, you don't have a theology of feasting, we got to work on, we, you know, we got to have you over for dinner one night. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we got to get you to a church potluck. That's a fun project. Work on my theology of feasting. Yeah. Who's, who's I gonna, think that's a great you assignment. You sign up for that one, Betsy? Yeah, I would totally do that. Okay, so that's, now here's the other biblical uh, paradigm of food, fasting. Mm-hmm. Fasting. Jesus in Matthew 9, 14 and 15 says, says, the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away and then you will fast. Right. He also says when you fast when in another, you fast. In oh, another verse. Lot, in, in a number of different mm-hmm. places. And assuming that you will. Assuming that Ooh, it's a part tough. of your practice. Mm-hmm. Super tough. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not going to uh, pretend like I have a great spiritual discipline of fasting. Although I know believers 
who do mm-hmm. have a very strong spiritual discipline of fasting, yep. okay? In Acts 13.2, the church is worshiping and fasting is mm. what it says in Acts 13.2. Mm. Fasting is all over the scriptures. I heard a great sermon recently where um, the, the pastor was, it was about fasting. And one thing that he said really stuck with me where he said, fasting teaches you that your stomach is not your God. Mm. Um, Love it. And, you know, again, when we are so, when our, we're so wealthy in resources here in America, we don't, if we feel the slightest amount of hunger, we can just go get something to eat, you know, and in so many ways, our appetites do rule us. I would say for me, fasting's got to be a top five thing I want to grow in. Mm -hmm. Spiritual discipline, I want to grow in with the days that I have left on this earth that God gives me. So fasting and feasting Hmm. are the two biblical categories that we see predominantly of food. We don't have time to even go here, but Luke Timothy Johnson, I I was listening to something by him. He said, Paul's favorite metaphor for the church is that it is Christ's body. Hmm. Okay, wait, we're talking about food and we're talking about the body. Hmm. Oh, wow. Wow. Paul's number one description of the church is Christ's body. Mm. We don't even have time to, that's kind of connected, right? Food and body are always connected. I don't know if we have time to go down that trail or not. Now, let's talk about two ways that are sort of anti-biblical ways of approaching food. The first is dieting for the wrong reasons. Mm. That's my first one, Betsy. Dieting for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. What would be the right reasons to diet? Your doctor says, I think you need to lose some weight, mm-hmm. right? Or you are pre-diabetic. You're pre- you need to do something there about you go. your health. You, you, yeah. um, there is a medical reason that you want to diet. Mm-hmm. That would be a good reason to diet. Um, the, but a reason that says, I want to diet so that I can look a certain way. Right. Or I look th- better in my swimsuit. I look better. My sorry, you're not going to find that verse in the Bible. No, <laughs> you're, that that's not a bit. That doesn't fit within a biblical paradigm of food. Mm-hmm. The other anti-biblical approach to food would be gluttony. Mm. Would be just over complete overindulgence. Right again, where your stomach is your god. Your stomach is your god. Mm-hmm. So that is you can feast without being gluttonous. Absolutely. In fact, I feel like I mean. At, at my age, I mean, it's starting to catch up with me a little bit more. But like when you're eating some really delicious food, knowing when to stop, mm-hmm. knowing when to be like, okay, I've enjoyed this. I I need to, you know. Hopefully, there's going to be some leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> but right. but for now, um, I need to stop. I I, I I was able to get the enjoyment out of this that that I that I had, and now I need to stop. And I think we can all affirm too, coming to a meal that's delicious, very hungry, makes it taste all the better. so much better. So, so often we go through the entire day and we've eaten so, maybe I'm just talking about our kids, but um, they've eaten so many snacks by the time we serve them a delicious and nutritious dinner, they're not even very hungry. Yeah. You know, so part of it is letting yourself develop an appetite. Every parent with kids right now is amening, Betsy, Mm -hmm. because we all know how hard the snacking is, how hard it is to get kids to... um, only eat at mealtimes. That's right. So to go back, here's our here's our biblical paradigm is feasting and fasting are biblical. Mm-hmm. Dieting for the wrong reason and gluttony is not biblical. Mm-hmm. That is the path, at least as it relates to food, that God wants us to walk so that we can glorify him with our bodies. Mm-hmm. 
And so that may look different for some people. Maybe some people say, well, I find it easier to, to stay on that path of being healthy when I give up sugar or when I don't indulge in certain kinds of foods, you know, that, that's, that would look different for everybody, but I would challenge all of us to actually think about the topic of, um, you know, is what I'm eating, is that actually good for me? Is the way that I'm treating my body, do I sleep enough? Do I get the exercise that my body needs? You know, we really do need to think about it because it matters. And I would say like so many ditches that we can fall off on, every individual is going to tend to going to tend to lean more toward right. one ditch than the other. Mm-hmm. So for each of our listeners, you can ask themselves, are you more of an obsession person mm-hmm. or are you more of a neglect person? Mm-hmm. And know your tendencies. Know your tendencies. Recognize that um, now the neglect person is probably aware or maybe more aware that, okay, I'm not, I could be doing better here. Right. The obsession person though needs to recognize. That's right. You have an idol in your life That's here. That's right. You have an unhealthy relationship with your body. Yes. And uh, again, and if you now, again, with medical conditions and stuff these days, I recognize there, there's a lot of people that say I shouldn't eat that food because it's not good for me or I, it, my body doesn't do well with it. But I would say a Christian that can't feast, um, maybe because they're like, oh, I can't eat that. I can't. Mm-hmm. Is that because you have an obsession with uh, your your appearance, sure. Your body, sure. Right, mm-hmm. and then of course the converse is the person that um, that needs to go to Lizard's Thicket one last time. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. Our, uh, to to our audience who's not from Columbia, South Carolina, Liz, Lizard's Thicket is an amazing Southern cuisine. That's right. I wouldn't mind it's not if healthy one, though. I wouldn't mind if one of them was attached to our house, but <laughs> it's not where you go if you're looking for health. Well, I think you know my closing thought is when we think about how we treat our bodies, that affirms our the fact that we're creatures, that we're made by God, and that we aren't independent agents. You know, we don't get to choose how our bodies function. God has made it a certain way. And so when we seek to live and to eat and to sleep and to exercise and, and all that we do, when we seek to do that in a way that um, is in line with God's design, that's when we bring Him glory, and then we live as He intends us to live. Amen. And I would also just add this. We need an integrated view of our bodies. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I spend time with the Lord in the morning and then I go have lunch and my lunch has nothing to do with God. Right. Wrong. So true. My body's not an accident. Mm -hmm. My true self is not just my soul and my body's not this thing. I just keep the gas in the tank until it's done. Right. Um, I need an integrated approach to my body because... I can glorify body God in how I treat my body. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you yep. can. That's right. I wonder how many. I wonder how many Christians don't think you can even do that. Mm. They just think they would probably say. I think most Christians would say, "Don't kill yourself." Mm-hmm. That that would be that's a sin against the body. Well, I certainly hope we would believe that, and that's a whole different topic and all of that. And I know that there's a lot of complexities around uh, suicide, but um, we should recognize that how we relate to our bodies is so much bigger than just that kind of uh, action. Absolutely. It's, it's related to our everyday lives. Yeah. So in, in closing, there are a couple of resources that I've read myself that I think may be helpful. If you're someone who um, you find that this is a difficult struggle for you. Um, one of them is called full food, Jesus and the battle for satisfaction. That's mm. a really good book. It's very biblically grounded. There's a lot of scripture in it. Um, I can't say the author's name at, let's see, Asherita 
choo-choo, maybe? She is Romanian. So well, just that, look up the title. Yes, just look yeah. up Full Food, Jesus, and the Battle for Satisfaction. Another really good one is um, a book by um, a counselor named Elise Fitzpatrick. It's called Love to Eat, Hate to Eat. Um, I think we can understand, sometimes it's a love-hate, Breaking the Bondage of Destructive Eating Habits. Mm. So that is also a really good book. I read that several years ago. That is also very biblically grounded, um, a lot of really good stuff, very thought-provoking. Yeah. So those are two really good books if food is specifically yeah, something that's yeah. difficult. We should them. we should work toward getting some resources on other ways that people dishonor their bodies mm-hmm. other than food, yep. um, such as obsessions with body appearance and those sort of mm-hmm. things. Yep. But um, those are two great resources, Great Betsy. ones for if food specifically is a struggle for you. Good. All right, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that this uh, next week and month, you get to do some feasting and some fasting. Mm-hmm. And if you're dieting, you're doing it for the right reasons. That's right. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us here on Intersect. And we hope that you'll join us next time. Bye-bye.